deal at center as Eichel lifted a stick. The free puck to Petrangelo in his own zone. Stretch pass. Eichel is in with a cutter. Third man Martinez scores! Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Bennett looking cross ice, Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down in a waffle and go into the goal. It's a hat trick in the clincher. Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8-3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Put the sticks down. Let's drop the puck. Let's get ready to go. We've got a busy night in the National Hockey League. We'll bring you up to date with the early games as they relate to the Vegas Golden Knights and the quest to remain undefeated. Uh, the last team to be be perfect is uh, on the verge of uh, dwindling down as uh, both the Boston Bruins and the Colorado Avalanche are in action tonight playing uh, their uh, games on road trips. We have uh, Boston mm -hmm. uh, at home mm -hmm. this evening, and the, the Boston Bruins uh, are a team that has shown great poise and resilience the last couple of years in excelling when a lot of people are counting them out and the Colorado Avalanche getting back to the lethal ability to score that we saw a couple of years ago in that march to a championship, and they've overcome some injuries. Uh, they're taking on Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. We also have two sets of tickets to give away for the Vegas Golden Knights game against the Winnipeg Jets next Thursday at T-Mobile, and uh, looking forward to the possibility of that being a record-setting night if the Golden Knights are able to run the table from now until then. Yeah, just keep winning if you're the Golden Knights, and that game against the Winnipeg Jets will be uh, a game potentially for history, but uh, to get there, the Golden Knights have to take care of Chicago tomorrow, L.A. on Saturday, and then they've got to keep that winning streak going into the into the next week. A couple of lineup uh, announcements are revealed by head coach Bruce Cassidy today. Let's uh, bring in Bruce now. And then we'll play off of uh, what he tells uh, the media and the world uh, through his availability regarding uh, players that are in the lineup. Alex Petrangelo uh, is uh, a player that participated in practice today. Nick Waugh was not out there. He'll deal with, uh, with that. Also talks about the fourth line, the winning streak, and how you coach during a long winning streak like that. And the idea that you you maybe are getting away with some things at the end of a winning streak that you wouldn't normally, and you can see the signs of of that ending. Uh, and they always look back and say, "There's those possibilities, those indicators." Was Philadelphia one of those? Uh, here's Bruce Cassidy from this morning at City National Arena. Yeah, he's going to miss a little time. Um, till we get more of an update, we'll put him a day to day, but won't play. Uh, this weekend, um, we'll go from there. So when he's out, we'll move uh, uh, to We'll play center in his spot. We'll move uh, Pav in with Carly, and Cotter goes with Stevie and Stoney for tomorrow. Hopefully, they're, after that, let's get through the game. We'll worry about how it looks on Saturday, but that's that's where he's at now. I don't know when it happened exactly. He came off once. He was kind of wincing, but he played after that and. Uh, made some plays, so obviously somewhere along the line between the first incident or whatever you want to call it um, and the end of the game, that's something that bothered him. And I was told after the game, uh, I saw him and he was walking around, so I don't know how 
didn't look like he was he was uncomfortable but not to the but not nothing like earth shattering but obviously the next day they did their tests and they've ruled him out for the next uh, couple of games anyway and hopefully we get good news down the road uh, he practiced full color today did everything that was asked at him or sorry a full uh, full go uh, full contact full puck handling full everything so I'll anticipate he'll be in the lineup tomorrow but he'll have to make that call uh, himself so uh, if he is then um, be good to have him back the fourth line internally has been referred to as one of the best fourth lines in hockey. What are the key attributes that you think make the fourth line that strong, and how does Howden help contribute to the Wazz absence? Well, they're, I, they're, they're a puck possession line, so they make it tough on the other teams. D, they wear they wear teams down in terms of expending energy in their own end. So um, they do have the ability to finish. Very, very, very physical line. So you're you're going back to get pucks. You know you're going to pay a price to break it out. Uh, good structure in the D zone. I think they have good details. You can play them against anybody. Um, that's probably the nuts and bolts of them. And uh, Howie uh, is a good forechecker. Does that extremely well when he's on Stevie's line. So he'll fit right in in that part of it. He's good in the circle. So like Nick Waugh, we should start with the puck uh, at least uh, half the time. And Probably scores goals a lot like that line by going to the net. He can certainly make plays in the rush. We saw that opening night in his play to Stevie backdoor, our first goal against Seattle. But in general, he can certainly go and, and score off the cycle. So, um, and he's a big body. With the team on the winning streak right now, do the practice habits change? Do you have to do anything to keep the team grounded? Is there anything different in your preparation right now? Uh, I think the team, we're a veteran enough group that they're grounded. They know it's only October. They don't hand out. Nothing gets handed out in October, except Halloween candy, I guess. Um, so we understand that. Um, we want to accumulate points this time of year. You don't want to chase it. We do under, you know, we, we want to be good this time of year, but at the end of the day, it's a long way to go. So I think they know that. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. Practice habits, well, I think naturally when you're winning, they can slip a little bit just because of everyone's in a good mood and you're not as maybe focused, but as, uh, Again, veteran group usually can self-correct uh, themselves. The younger guys, it's up to the, usually the coach to correct and make sure that we're on top of them because they don't get too far ahead of themselves. So that's where we come in. Typically, I'm not going to have to talk to Alex Martinez or Petro or Stoney about their practice habits. But yes, I'll have to revisit some of the younger guys to make sure that they don't think all of a sudden they can turn it on and off. Some of these veteran guys do have the ability to do that a little easier. I don't think anybody can truly just flip the switch and, and show up and play without putting in the practice time, but older guys tend to have a, a little easier time doing that. Speaking of Halloween, do you have your costume picked up? I do not. I do not. These guys are talking about seven doors, maybe one of them? Well, that got started yesterday, a little conversation we had a, a, away from hockey, and we are trying to figure out all seven of them. And, um, and it just went from there. It actually started with the uh, the reindeer, Santa's reindeer, <clears throat> and, and got to that somehow. Well, I think winning's equally a good tool too, Gary. Personally, because you're showing what works, and most of the time, guys want to see what works, uh, and then they've lived it. Uh, when you lose, you can sit, you can teach through losing, but they're like, well, does it guarantee we're going to win or not until they do it, right? But winning 
So you can teach a lot by winning, I think, a lot. Now, you need both. I do believe you need both to, to truly get where you want to go, but uh, there's a lot to be gained from winning in terms of you know, repeating certain behaviors. What about when you're winning, but you, you've told us a couple of times at the end of a winning streak, sometimes the team is really fantastic. Well, we might be there. We might be there right now. So we can talk about that tomorrow, the next day, because the last three games for us, we've had to, we've kind of gone, we're uneven. It wasn't a steady climb. Like typically when you're on your best game, you're staying up here. We've been a little bit of this. So, and I've said this, it's games, what, eight, eight coming up. So I think every, I bet Colorado would say the same thing. Boston would say the same thing, even though they're undefeated. They, there's probably been a lot of unevenness to their game for the most part. Maybe one team is firing on all cylinders right away, just like one team probably isn't, right, if you look at the bottom. But I think that's normal this time of year. And we're going through a little bit lately. Like the other night, we scored to win with, what, 25 seconds left. It was late against Dallas. Uh, Winnipeg, we had a lead. We had to push. So there's a little bit of that going on in our game right now. So one of these nights, we're going to put ourselves in that position. The team we're playing against is going to be able to shut the door. And that's just the way it works. So we know what's happening. And even though you might see it coming, got to go through it because like I said, no one wins them all. <laughs> you seen something uh, after the game that we asked, like, hey, do you guys ever feel like you're out of the game and something don't? Is that a good thing? I agree with that. Yeah. I feel that way too with our team. I don't know if I would have said that last year in December. It looked like we were at some tough nights, especially at home here. It was like, but I think from the second half on, I've always felt like our guys, there's good energy on the bench. There's good focus. There's no... Um, anxiety or frustration to the point where you know this all is lost right and, they, they, and I think that's a confidence in one another and a confidence of how we play so I do feel that way that we can get behind and come back now is it a formula you want to live by probably not but you're not going to be ahead all the time either so you better have some of that yeah, they're both playing well, and Huddy was too. Huddy's a left stick. I think we can sort of go move past that one because the other two are right sticks, and, the, and we were missing two right sticks. So, uh, Corsi brings you know a little more dynamic uh, offensive side to his game, and I think Pickles is a harder you know penalty kill sort of player. So um, you get a little bit of both. I think they're both solid all around. That's just a little bit of the dynamic of each individual. So I don't think we can go wrong no matter what we do. I'm not going to tell you yet who's going in or out because if Petro shows up tomorrow and he's not thinks he's not ready to play, then we don't need that news, right? So, but we're going to be comfortable no matter who it is. And both will play beside Nick Hay. Um, so it'll be uh, be one or the other. Lineup announcement and a lineup decision that will wait to be made tomorrow. We've mm -hmm. got a little bit of, uh, of both out of Bruce Cassidy today. Just forthcoming I, I was surprised that we were able to learn exactly what the combinations will be tomorrow given that Nick Waugh will not be available over the course of this weekend mm. from Bruce Cassidy so that means Brett Howden who's becoming a real versatile player yep. a year ago at this time Brett Howden was having trouble finding a place in the lineup his spot where he could excel mm. now he is the fixer who goes in and settles things down. And he's played in a couple of different spots, a couple of different positions, and now he'll center the fourth line as without uh, the uh, availability of Nick Waugh. Yeah. Howden will center the fourth line. 
Paul Cotter goes up and will skate with Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson, mm-hmm. and Pavel Dorofiev goes in the lineup and where he's comfortable with William Carlson and Michael Matthew. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes a lot of sense if, if you're Bruce Cassidy to kind of have that configuration, right? Because you know what you're going to get out of Brett Howden, uh, specifically down there alongside Carrier and and with uh, Keegan Colasari. You don't have much change um, in terms of what that line can do and what the expectation is going to be. Uh, Paul Cotter, fresh off of that move, is going to have a ton of confidence playing alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. He's just got to continue to do the things that that you know he can do in order to impact that line. And then Pavel Dorofiev, you come into a lineup alongside William Carlson where you've played the majority of your minutes in the National Hockey League with that player. Uh, I think that you you try to make him as comfortable as possible. So it all makes sense. I know it's moving parts here, but it, it really does keep the balance and the structure the way that it's been for the Golden Knights early on in the season. And in the back end, it does sound encouraging that Alex Petrangelo will be able to play tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. We got to talk to him today for the first time uh, since he's been uh, back in skating with the group. Uh, that uh, is in itself encouraging. He said it, he's never been hit like that by a puck mm-hmm. that got underneath his visor. It was uh, it was a really, uh, for a guy that's played everywhere mm-hmm. and uh, for so long uh, at this level, uh, that was uh, a real difference. So he's he's had to, to get through that uh, symptoms and to get himself back healthy from the cut and the, uh, the bruising, and he's ready to go. And if he's back in, that puts him with Alec Martinez, mm-hmm. and you have your two top pairs ready to go yep. and Nick Hag with one of the others. Yeah. And you've got versatility there too, right? Like Caden Korzak has been really strong for the golden Knights, uh, specifically with just kind of his, his ability to move the puck, his ability to, to do what Vegas has needed. And there's been some point totals to his game too, right? Like he he's been responsible. He scores a power play. He scores his own goal. He's working on the power play. Like there are, a lot of reasons why you might go with Caden Korzak, but then you look at Braden Pahal, who also scored his first career NHL goal earlier this season and has a bit more sandpaper in his game. So it really kind of depends on what the look is you want if you're Bruce Cassidy. And let's not forget, you got Ben Hutton in the fold there too. Three really strong defensemen that you can use in that spot. Both Pahal and Korzak are more offensive than I gave them credit yeah. for coming yeah. into the year. Pahal has some range. Korzak in being able to push the pace yep. and get involved uh, with in-zone offense and being able to shoot the puck and, and, and put the puck in the net. Uh, he had a great chance, too, the other night against Philadelphia. Uh, that's been a, an illuminated skill that I didn't realize was was necessarily there. I thought him as more of a, a raw, and the comparison has been made by Bruce Cassidy mm-hmm. to uh, Zach Whitecloud, but I've been, I've been really impressed with the part of the game about shooting, scoring, producing goals. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I think Zach Whitecloud certainly has maybe that that more offensive aspects of his game than that jump out in certain situations. But with Caden Korzak, it just seems ever since he put the puck in the back of the net, ever since he scored that goal, like the confidence with the puck in the offensive zone has been there. His decision-making has been there. And he's generated a lot of really good looks and a lot of dangerous chances for the Golden Knights over the last couple of games. And he's not just taking advantage of his time. Mm-mm. He's generating. He's, yeah. he's looking to get involved more. He wants to make an impact when he's on the ice. And that's what you want but, for a young player. you don't player. see that for you – know, I'll, I'll, I'll go the other way. 
you don't see that from a lot of defensemen getting in less than 20 games. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'd love to make an impact, but a lot of the time, probably 95% of the time, you're looking to be safe. I, on the ice during that time. That's that that is a simple fact of the matter. You want to be clean out there, and if anything happens, it comes to you. He's been more assertive than I ever thought he would be. I I think that that speaks a little bit to him, obviously as a player, right? Like I think that he believes in his skill set, and I, I think that you you want to do what you can to help the team win. I I hear what you're saying. You don't want to make mistakes out there, but. It, it, it just feels like once the puck went in for him, once the point started to kind of stick to him, there's been a confidence in his game. And you know what? You have an opportunity right now. Set yourself apart. Go out there and make plays. And that's what he's done. And he's he's playing every night to be in the lineup the next game. Yeah, absolutely. So you push a little bit, mm-hmm. you stay in. Now, whether it's going to be Pahal or Korzak, if Petrangelo does return, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow afternoon. What time's your pregame show tomorrow? Two o'clock. Two o'clock. All so right. So three o'clock puck drop. Nevada right? day. So yeah. we've got uh, the afternoon game going into the weekend on the strip. Uh, looking forward to that. And if they win, it's an eighth straight victory mm-hmm. for the Vegas School of the Knights. Then yep. they'll jet off to Los Angeles for a Saturday night challenge against the LA Kings uh, before coming home for a couple more games. They're playing home a lot uh, during this stretch. Montreal on Monday and. If they stay perfect, they'll have an opportunity to set the best start in National Hockey League history with 11 straight wins with a game next Thursday against the Winnipeg Jets. And we have a couple of pairs of tickets for that game, 702-876-1340. One set of tickets available right now. Call Chapman is standing by. (laughs) Are you standing by? No, I'm actually sitting on my butt. But okay, what are you doing? Because you're like you're making him nervous. Why am I making you nervous? I'm I'm because just like you're working the computer when you should be looking at the phone. No, I had to switch it from the schedule I was looking at to the screen where I would type in the winner's name. That's where I was nervous. I no, thought you were standing be... by and you should have been looking at the phone and you were you were clicking the mouse. So <laughs> caller number sixteen. Okay. Caller number 16 uh, gets you a couple of tickets to see the Golden Knights against the Winnipeg Jets next Thursday. Could be a record breaker if things continue to roll on. We'll be back with one-timers, which we'll dive into a couple of other teams trying to stay perfect right now. It's the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for One-Timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. We've talked a lot about the race to stay perfect and who will be the final team with an undefeated record. Entering tonight, it's Colorado, Boston, and Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. Colorado and Boston are on the ice. I'll get to those uh, scores in just a second. On the flip side, though, there's only one team that has yet to win. Oh, wow. Really? So everybody else is kind of in the middle somewhere. The San Jose Sharks. Oh, wow. We know it's it's a rebuild. There's been ugly seasons before. Yeah. But this is a terrible Mm -hmm. start. And I will give... San Jose a bit of a pass because they have one of the most vicious schedules ever okay. to start the season. Mm-hmm. 
What they have before them in the first month and a half, no team would accept without uh, some kind of protest or try to get the schedule to change it. Like It is a murderer's row of well, teams. Fortunately for San Jose, they're not trying to be good this year. So They're certainly... They're gonna they're the, gonna be locked into. But this the isn't best fun. Odds. Like, no, it can't be. This is no. not fun. And, and we, they're not when winning you get tonight. The, when you get the schedule out, you're like, well, it's gonna be even harder, and we're gonna be just trounced every night. No wins to start, and this evening they're down five Cobb to the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's yeah, not ideal. Already this year, Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel have five goals. Wow! Like quietly, look at quietly, that. They're 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 racking it up. And it's uh, it's it's all Tampa Bay Lightning in the in the second period of that game. So just the the flip side of things, and Vegas saw exactly what uh, what everybody's dealing with in the San Jose Sharks. They're a team that that you can and should take advantage of right now. Now on the on the flip side, those that are trying to remain perfect and match the Vegas Golden Knights with a seven and zero start, mm-hmm. the Boston Bruins have a one goal lead on the Anaheim Ducks. 2-1 midway through the game there. Yep. And the Colorado Avalanche trying to extend their record winning streak on the road to 16 games over the last two seasons. NHL record. Uh, they'll need a comeback to make that happen. Down 3-0 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. Riley Smith has scored for the Penguins, who seems to be fitting in right alongside Evgeny Malkin. And it is 3-0 Pittsburgh, about five minutes left in the second period over Colorado. So Colorado have to uh, dig deep in the third period. Did you see who was playing goal at all for the Colorado Avalanche? For the Colorado Avalanche? Give me a second, I'll tell you. It's Alexander Georgiev. All right. That's interesting because that's that's his seventh straight start himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's 6-0 individually. They have yet to play anybody else in goal. Yeah. Colorado Avalanche. In a, in a time where balancing things is is a lot more the norm than riding somebody, sure, they uh, they have gone down the uh, the old path. To be fair, the game Colorado played a, a couple of nights ago against the Chicago Blackhawks was basically a day off. So, well, it is, but you still have to go through the process, right? Like, it, yeah. you didn't face a lot of shots, and I, I know what you're saying. Ton, if yeah. you're not overworked, yeah, then you can get a, a, another yeah. couple of starts in there, and. The coaches in the past would take the goalie out if you're down a couple of goals sure. and use that as rest. Um, they, they haven't done that yet in this 3 nothing encounter against the, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's Nathan McKinnon against Sidney Crosby. It is. In the battle of... Big, uh, big Brothers winning. Yeah, Nova Scotia boys uh, in the National Hockey League. So there's the, there's your out-of-town scoreboard. Any other games that uh, that grabbing your fancy uh, tonight? Jets? An opportunity to go above 500 against a really good start from the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, the game that I'm most intrigued by right now, outside of like the Rangers and the Oilers, because I'm just fascinated by Edmonton early on in this season. That's the uh, car crash. Yeah, but right now it's Toronto Dallas. Like the two good teams. Um, Toronto's up one to nothing. They just scored four on four goal. Uh, but to me, like that's kind of the big one in in the league tonight. You got Toronto. You got Dallas. You've got Jason Robertson, Austin Matthews. Sign me up for that. Heavy game, fun game. Good stuff. Edmonton will host the New York Rangers later tonight. Yeah. One four and one. 
We'll see if they can answer back for the dismal performance against the Minnesota Wild the other night and uh, and try to give them some momentum going into the Heritage Classic on Sunday. That was your parlay game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you have any kind of feel for either Edmonton or Calgary right now? Absolutely none. That's why I picked the game. I, I don't I don't think I don't think that, that that there's any obvious direction to go in in favor of or against either Calgary or Edmonton. Like I believe the Oilers are better than what their record indicates. I think they will play better over the course of the next couple of games without Connor McDavid. But until I see it, you know, I, I don't get the sense that it's it's that imminent. And then the Calgary Flames, they're kind of up and down. I, I don't really know yet what to read, what my read is on Calgary. What got in the way of Vegas becoming a professional sports town was the gambling. Yes. And it really uh, hasn't been as nearly as impactful, almost negligent. There's been different players in the NFL suspended mm-hmm. over time, but they've reduced some of those penalties. Yeah. Uh, by the National Hockey, National Football League and the National Football League Players Association for the first time since gambling got to be more mainstream and legalized gambling, sports gambling uh, in different states, there's a National Hockey League player that's been suspended. Yeah. And Shane Pinto of the Ottawa Senators will not play for the first 41 games this year uh, because of he violated the sports wagering rules of the National Hockey League. Sure. The release does state that Shane did not bet on hockey. Right. But he violated the sports betting rules. It's kind of a strange one because we don't know what he violated sure. yeah. in, in in specificity. But that... So he didn't bet on hockey, mm-hmm. but he did something that was wrong. Yeah. He gets 41 games, mm-hmm. which when you're violating sports betting rules seems light because they're they're these rules are are cast in stone and they do not blink yeah i'm with you here's the other thing his suspension has already started sure so he's suspended for the first 41 games this year but he doesn't have a contract right so he's also got a bit of a a backdoor to getting to serving his suspension quicker so there's it (laughs) it sounds severe (laughs) it's it's weird. It sounds severe. Yeah. But he wasn't playing anyway. Yeah. And he's in, involved in this restricted free agent uh, uh, contract dilemma with with the Ottawa Senators. It it almost feels like they discovered something. Mm-hmm. They had to do something. Yeah. But it's not really that big of uh, a hindrance. It's not groundbreaking. So let me ask you this one. If Shane were under contract right now, would would it be 41 games? You think that, that it would be that big of a suspension? Because I like to me, it's weird. Oh yeah, I, you, I, to I me, think the length you, of the suspension would would still be the same, but he'd be playing, so it'd be a, it'd be. But a, it would be a true 41 games. Yeah, it'd be so a, like, a loss for him. That and that's that's the part of this that that is confusing for me, or at least the the most intriguing part of it is. You've got a player that's not under contract. You've got a player that isn't even eligible to play these games anyway by virtue of the fact that he does not have a contract, and yet these games are counting toward a suspension that he couldn't even play in anyway. Do you think it hurts his negotiating stance 
with the Ottawa Senators? I mean, it can't help, mm-hmm. right? But they don't have any money to sign him anyway. So, like, until Ottawa moves, which they would something. have to do. Like, they they know that. Well, so. yeah, but like, I I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine it helps his his negotiating power. Like at this point, if if I'm Shane Pinto, I'm just, what's the contract you're going to offer me? What can you get me? And and when? Now I got to start counting down till 41 games into the season. He got another break too because they they didn't install the, now. the the deadline yeah. of m- most times if you're an RFA if you're not signed by December 1st I can't remember whether it's December 1st or December 15th then you're ineligible yeah. for the rest of the year. Yeah. That that rule doesn't apply here. Okay. So that's that's another area where he gets a, a kind of a, a break on the ruling. So something happened. I don't know what it was, but he violated the sports betting terms with, with the National Hockey League and the NHLPA. But it's it's closer to a slap on the wrist than it is a hardcore punishment. So I, even though it's the first player in the National Hockey League to violate this kind of ruling, yeah, it's almost more of a warning to everybody else than a hard, like, we're going to, take you and make you really pay for it. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the number does come in on for his contract and when that happens. So we get I think it's going to be a small contract yeah. either either the rest of this year mm-hmm. and revisit it in, in in the summer. That would make that, the that's most what, sense. That's what I would do if I was Pinto yeah. and his agent. Yeah. That's what I would do. I know that he's locked in this contract uh, debate with, with Pierre Dorian and the Ottawa Senators. And Dorian would like him long term. If I if I was Pinto, I'd just try to get back playing this year, and show what I'm capable of again. Yeah. Twenty goal score. Yeah. Uh, show what I'm capable of again, and then go back and try to start fresh next year. That's that's the direction to go. I just I wonder how many. Le- I don't want to say legitimate games, but to a degree, how many legitimate games is he going to miss? Right. Like, when does a contract get signed? What does a contract look like? And at that point, how many games of eligible games is he going to miss? There's no reason to negotiate right now. Not, not if you're, not if you're Ottawa. Well, no, not if you're either Pinto. side. Yeah, you, you can't play. Yeah, so they'll probably put it on the back burner Oof. and re- revisit it closer to, to Christmas. And who knows where? If there's injuries and long-term injury uh, space yep. that's cleared up from the salary cap, might be a lot easier. To fit him in, like Pinto, should probably wait a little bit to see what's going to happen because if somebody goes down, that opens up salary cap room. Does it, same with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, no, it, it could it, it could end up working out well to a degree for Pierre Dorian, right? Like because you you can't sign him right now and, unless you make some changes, and those changes might be a situation where something comes up in the middle of the season, and all of a sudden you've got money, you can get him mm-hmm. under contract. And you hope that that he's kind of proving it over the final 41 games of the year. So it, it'll be interesting to keep a track, keep track on it. But like, do you feel like we should have more information as to what actually happened? I always want more. Yeah. Privacy rules. I don't. I I don't know whether that plays a role in this. Sure. But I would like to know what the violation is. Me too. Based on the lighter penalty that I would have expected for breaching this rule. 
Especially because it feels like this is precedent, right? Like, yeah. this is going to be... If anything happens that's similar, this is going to be where you start in terms of punishment. So I... That's why I think it's a, it's a warning shot. And, yeah. and, and players will know. The NHLPA, yeah. like, it'll get out there uh, with the players. And I'm sure we'll find out uh, at some point. But it's another weird moment for the Ottawa Senators yeah. and Pierre Dorian. We know Alex Formanton, one a big part of their, their franchise, mm-hmm. is not part of the organization because of uh, off-ice uh, activity and, and uh, being part of that Team Canada sexual yep. Uh, assault. Yep. So he got pushed aside, mm-hmm. and that was a terrible situation. And Formanton may get back in the National Hockey League, but he's going to have to pay a big price for that. And it was a top prospect. And now you're losing another part of your your core that you're trying to rebuild with a strange off ice one because of these sports betting. Somebody said that they thought Dorian is justified with how he handled Pinto in the negotiations. I, You want your guys signed. You want them playing. Like, if this hadn't happened, he, he got fortunate because this this happened and he doesn't doesn't have to pay him or, this, or play him. This, but that, that that's never a good thing. No, this is a huge year for the Ottawa Senators. And he didn't have one of his top players signed. Right, and you're missing a 20-goal guy from your lineup. Yeah. Because of mismanagement with the cap like i'm sorry if i'm pierre dorian like this this buys you time and it could be advantageous down the road but it's not a a win but not by anything he did no no this is something you fell into and and you fell into it because there was you know uh, uh something in terms of betting that 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 went down with shane pinto so to me, like it, it's not a win at all for Pierre Dorian, because the win would be Shane Pinto in the lineup helping you win night in and night out. And none of this happening. And Dorian didn't have anything to do with the sports betting. Yeah, but he did not sign his player yeah. prior to it. So yeah. I think there, there's still some connection there. He didn't have anything to do with Formanton and his choices off the ice. But you draft player, you yeah. bring him in. He didn't have anything to do with the the great taxi cab Uber situation <laughs> in Arizona by the Ottawa Senators six years ago. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Right? Yeah. But he was the the manager in charge. Yeah. He didn't have anything to do with. I think it was his assistant general manager involved in an off ice mm-hmm. taxi cab yeah. thing in in Buffalo at, at the draft a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. N- none of it is is influenced by. Pierre Dorian's decisions. Yeah. But it's all under his his watch. It things like bad things tend to hang around yeah. Pierre Dorian for some reason. The Dodonov thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, yeah that, absolutely. That that trade and not letting Vegas know about the the no trade uh clause that got through with, with the National Hockey League. Yeah. They, they they approved that trade until yeah. the Donov's agents. There's, there's a lot there that is is weird, not tied to him, but tied to him. Mm-hmm. And I wonder with new ownership and Steve Steos going to be in there, yeah, with his full hand, both hands on, on the reins, when 
if there's eventually a change and and the the idea that you don't have pinto signed yeah was was not a good look no I, i'm with you 100 you couldn't sign him because of the contract well that and that's that's the big thing right like you've got to be able to get your best team on the ice if you're a general manager in a season where the expectation is you're making the playoffs mm -hmm. and you went into the year without your best lineup because you couldn't sign your player so I, i'm with you i i don't expect it to be a situation where if if you have some stumbling blocks early on for ottawa and 300 or 500 right now like three and three on the year okay but they're they're getting you know they're losing two to one right now to the or two to nothing to the islanders if it gets a little dicey i think a change is in order really well, do. dorian was on the hot seat and or there was a watch there and so same with dj yeah the coach dj smith yeah. uh we uh we have a big day tomorrow nevada day and we're going to uh, be all in. The Henderson Silver Knights start at 11 a.m. tomorrow mm -hmm. against the Ontario Reign at home. Dollar Loan Center there with uh, our buddy Brian McCormick. Awesome stuff happening mm -hmm. with Ryan Craig and company, who uh, won again yep. last night. One loss this year, but they, uh, they're 5-1 and one on the year. First place in the division. And then at 3 o'clock over at T-Mobile Arena, you've got the backhand of the doubleheader with the Vegas Golden Knights taking on Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. Bedard, imagine that. He's not even 21. He can't even go out and have fun in Vegas. There's no Vegas flu for him uh, going in tomorrow. Not that there would be. But we've got uh, tickets to give away uh, talking about uh, the quest for perfection for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, if they get there, they'll be 10-0 going into the game against the Winnipeg Jets next Thursday. And we have a pair of tickets to give to you, the listener, right now. What's the number? 13. Why 13? Winnipeg, I just think of Team Mussolini. Mm. Yeah, I think of him as number eight. Yeah, well, that's funny. That, I, uh, the, as a Winnipeg Jet, he was thirteen. He was number eight too. Was he eight? Yeah, with he switched. Eh. Yeah, switched. I, I think of thirteen. There you go. Thirteen, Team Mussolini, and the Winnipeg Jets in town to take on the Vegas Gold Knights. Will it be a record breaker? We can't guarantee that, but we're hopeful, but we can make sure that you're there. Be caller number 13-702-876-1340. We'll catch up with Chap next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So when you guys are talking about, or to Devin Dubnik, you made me think about something. You guys were talking about the bottom of your shoes and how you have to keep them clean. Well, like you, I've got a lot of pairs of sneakers. I've got a lot of pairs of shoes. Um, I've got a lot more than my wife, which is kind of embarrassing, I think, sometimes. But I just recently bought a pair of sneakers, and I'm in a dilemma. So uh, as you guys know, I'm a big, big Liverpool fan. So the LeBron 9s feature the Liverpool logo on the back of the shoe. LeBron James is part owner of the Liverpool Football Club. What I did not know is that the Liverpool logo was also on the bottom of the sneaker. So I am kind of in a dilemma because I don't really want to wear the sneaker now because I don't want to get the bottom all dirty and kind of block out the logo. But I also spent a lot of money on the sneakers, so I'm kind of in a situation where I'm like, eh, I'm not going to just let them sit in the closet. So... It's a it's a it's a tough situation. I don't know what to do. Wear them in the house. We don't wear shoes in my house. Oh well, then I can't help you. <laughs> Why don't you wear shoes in your house? Because my wife is we we adopt the Japanese custom of not wearing shoes oh, okay. in the house. Um, yeah, there's so we just don't wear shoes in the house. Hmm. I wear them because I don't want to step on a scorpion. Yeah, well, 
Fortunately, we live on the second floor. Don't have too many scorpions, but uh, they can't climb stairs. I don't. I, I, I have <laughs> they, no. They I'm sure they could, can. but I mean, we've never had an issue. So, unfortunately, although we do have a puppy now, and he leaves little pieces of kibble everywhere, so yeah. we do step on those. And I step. As, I step on Legos. Yeah, I was going to say time. not as bad as stepping on yeah. Legos. No, that's the worst. I, oh, I, those I, things. I, are... I step on Legos at least. Three times a day. Oh, curse the guy who invented those things. Like, great toy, but... Well, funny, you got shoes on. It's That's why I wear shoes in the house. Oh. Flip-flops, at least. Then you stomp on the Lego, and it never happens. Yeah, nothing like, breaks. That, it doesn't that piece, break. That piece isn't coming back. I don't, don't want to ruin it for my kid. Yeah. Boy, this guy. No no skateboards yeah. for his daughters. Yeah. Now yeah. He's, he's breaking their Legos. Yeah, it's true. Man. You, you, can't, you can't break well, a Lego. Lego. I don't think you can break a well, Lego. It's plural I. Plural. Like when the when you go to the store and the box says does Lego. it say Lego? It says Lego. Yeah, yeah but not it's, Legos. It's, it's plural. Lego you, pieces. Pieces. Oh, that this is like the what is it's it? It's like the, it's like the cheese it. You are you are playing golf. Is it cheese it's or cheese it? No, it's Lego. Yeah, Lego I know. pieces, not Legos. Why not? It's not Legos my egos. Lego no, Lego my egos. Like egos. It's not oh ego. Ego waffles. No, it is ego. It's not. It's ego waffles. I don't think it's Legos though. No, but if you have more than one, what do you have? Lego pieces or Legos? Pieces of Legos. I'm lazy. I'm not. Um, I'm not adding the extra word. Okay. Vegas Golden Knights. Been tracking the special teams. Top ten in power play. Mm-hmm. Top five in penalty kill. You'll take that. I don't think that's been enough of a talking point through seven games i harped on power play special teams really um ahead of the philadelphia game because i felt like that was an area where the golden knights could make it a little bit easier on themselves uh but certainly the fact that they've been able to convert timely power play goals has been important early on penalty kill has been phenomenal do you feel like they've scored a lot power play i do goals? no no oh just, just in overall? general oh yeah absolutely so do i didn't you look at their goals for per game? Mm-hmm. Seventh. Like Jersey. Jersey scored a ton. Ottawa, Minnesota, Colorado, L.A., Detroit. Higher scoring teams. I wonder if they come back a little bit. We'll find out 3 o'clock tomorrow, 2 o'clock pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.